All right, here we go for the news. The 5th of July, 2019. Actually, this will get really... Yeah, it'll be released today. Happy 4th of July, everybody. I hope you're driving safe, and uh, let's get on with it. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, everybody. Here we go with the news for the 5th of July or the week of the 5th of July 2019. A little update on the uh, Racine Kenosha construction zone of death. The 20-mile stretch on the 94 in Wisconsin. Apparently, while I was at the parade for the small town that I live in, the guy sitting right next to me just happened to be a construction worker in that project. I overheard him talking, and I was like, excuse me? What'd you say? What'd you do? And uh, he's like, well, you're... I said, yeah, I drive a truck. I do a podcast. I just talked about this. Well, apparently... Yeah, I was just going off my own observations from driving in it, but it was interesting to talk to this guy who actually, you know, works in the zone. He's been doing this for 13 years. He's done a lot of huge projects in the area. He said, since the start of this project, which is, you know, just a few months ago, they've had 425 accidents. Okay, 425 accidents. There's an accident there every single day. The lanes are only 11 feet wide and the wall is only two inches away from the lane on the side two inches in spots wow for 20 miles so that's a it's not a lot of maneuver room it's three lanes of traffic apparently the companies that are doing the construction on this insisted the state that they need to cut it down to two lanes and make them wider but the state said that no People aren't going to put up with it. They're going to want three lanes and they're not going to wait. Well, you know what? I'll take the two lanes and I'll wait or getting killed when the construction is on my way home. Silly of me to say that, but that's what I want. I want to get home safely. I don't want to die because somebody was in a hurry. So, he also told me that these... This section of road, this 20-mile stretch of road, was supposed to be done in short segments. But they did it in one big, long segment because they're rushing it through to get it done for the Foxconn project. No, I'm, you know, I'm not for the Foxconn project. I think it's a joke. I don't think they're ever going to follow through. But either way, the state's bending over backwards to accommodate them. And they then safely did something that they shouldn't have done. For roughly 20 miles, there is nowhere to pull over. If you break down in this stretch of road, you have to sit on the road until help arrives. And you just have to hope that you don't get rear-ended or you get hit. 
I, I don't know what to do. You know, if you get stuck and you're in this construction zone and you get, you know, you car breaks down or stalls out or whatever. Um, you know, if you, I guess if you can safely get out of the car and get over the barrier wall, that would be the way to go. But, you know, that may not be an easy thing to do and you might get hit doing it. So quite honestly, the whole thing, it's just a death trap. It's just flat out a death trap. So let's get on with the news. All right. There's been a study recently done and electric vehicle market sales will surge to 4 million units in 2020, 12 million units in 2025, and 21 million units in 2030. Does that surprise me? No. I suspect, though, you're going to see different uh, taxing authorities. You're going to see pay per mile on your taxes with your vehicles, or you're going to see some kind of penalty because electric vehicles, they're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, to nail them for some of the road use so that we can repair the roads. So I don't know how that's going to go. Hopefully they'll not mess it up, but uh, I think it's a good idea, I guess. I don't know. I've never driven an electric vehicle, so I have no comment on that. Uh, Maybe the neighbor's got, he's got a Tesla. Maybe I can ask him if I can check it out. I've never driven one, so I have no idea. Should be interesting. Uh, if I get the neighbor to, to cough up a test ride, then uh, yeah, we'll see how we feel about it. But I haven't even talked to him about it. So that should be interesting. Now here's another one. Lictix data reveals the 10 riskiest cities for the 4th of July holiday driving. Now you're going to love this one. Now keep in mind, 4th of July driving is the absolute worst. You know, it's nice weather, it just can be rough. Now they're talking Baltimore. This isn't, you know, the, the worst to the least. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. Baltimore, Maryland. Chicago, Illinois. Number four is Los Angeles, California. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Six, Dallas, Texas. Seven, Atlanta, Georgia. Eight, Houston, Texas. Nine, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And ten, Bethlehem, New Jersey. Now, they're not telling you how they came up with the statistic, statistics. But, of course, they're all big cities. A lot of people going through there. Uh, Harrisburg, I was a little surprised by some of the others, like New Jersey, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Los Angeles, I'm not surprised by. But Harrisburg, I was surprised. Now, here's the funny part of their report. They say the riskiest times of day to drive across the country between the 3rd of July and the 5th of July is from the morning, 5 a.m. to 12 p.m. Afternoon, 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Well, why don't they just say 5 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Because that's what that is. And then nighttime, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And then 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. So basically all day. It is day... <laughs> I don't even know why they wrote it like this. It is basically dangerous to drive between the 3rd and the 5th all day. I just thought that was funny. I would have to say for myself, I would think that the riskiest times to drive on the 4th of July holidays are after 9 to 10 o'clock at night because most people don't have night jobs and they're not, you know, they'll go to, especially the first day, they'll be at home or go to work, then they get off work, then drive somewhere for their holiday. They're tired, got the kids in the back seat, wives in the front bitching. Um, you know, that's probably the risky. And then in the morning, uh, just before the sun comes up is always a hard time to drive. 
you know that's the worst so you know if you're getting super tired in the morning you could have just woke up you'll still be tired you're still tired in the morning pull over take a nap go for a walk for a half hour or so let the sun come up and then go from there uh if you, if you try to fight it you're just gonna lose there's no point yeah, you're just going to lose. That's just all there is to it. So just pull over. It doesn't matter how much coffee you drink. You are not going to win. Pull over and take a nap or go for a walk. That's the best thing to do. Now, the top the top uh, three riskiest behaviors observed between the third and the fifth. Following distance, you know, too closely. One to two f- second following distance. You know, seven to ten seconds at least. But, you know, people get impatient. A lot of the people on the holiday driving, they're not used to driving the interstates. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rookies out there on the holidays, so you got to be careful. Cars and trucks. Uh, driving with no seatbelt. That one kind of surprises me because most people drive with their seatbelt. And speed violation was number three. Now, speed violations doesn't surprise me because a lot of people are speeding on the holidays trying to get to where they're going. So... One in three don't buy, you know, following distance and speed, I'm not surprised by. But driving with no seatbelt, that one I am a little surprised by. So that's something to think of. Now, since there isn't too much news this week, I went ahead and threw this out there. Bridgestone Retail Operation shares five tips to save money on gas this summer. Who doesn't want to save money on gas, right? So here we go. Slow down. Drivers should always pay attention to the speed limit. Fuel efficiency efficiency diminishes at speeds over 50 miles per hour. The Department of Energy estimates that for every 5 miles per hour over 50 miles per hour, drivers depend or uh, spend an additional 19 cents per gallon. So basically, don't speed. But you know you're certainly not going to do 50 miles an hour on the interstate. And. Uh, I gotta work on saying the word deficiencies or diminishes. Efficiency diminishes. Yeah, I gotta work on that one. Number two, drive diligently. Drivers should practice diligent driving habits for the well-being of themselves and others and to conserve fuel. Aggressive driving, including rapid acceleration and hard braking, decreases highway gas mileage by up to 33% and city mileage by up to 5% according to the DOE. Yeah, I would think, I'm a little surprised by that. I would have thought uh, city mileage, heartbreaking, and uh, diminished would actually be a lot higher than 5%. Here's my key to that. When you're coming up to a stoplight or something like that, just get off the throttle, coast up to the light. If you go straight from the brake to the gas or the, gra- the gas straight to the brake, uh, you know, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, there should be a little bit more of a smooth transition between the two. Now, if I can coast up there and, you know, don't have to hit the brake at all so much the better because if you can maintain your speed you're going to get good fuel efficiency i drove a 2016 ford escape i think i'm supposed to get like on the highway like 30 30 or 31 or something like that i get like 33 to 34 on the highway that's just because i don't speed set the cruise and you know just don't mess around too much of course it helps that i go to work at two in the morning and there's no traffic you know that that is definitely a big one Alright, number three. Schedule regular maintenance. Regular maintenance, you know, uh, you check your tires, you know, uh, check they're properly inflated, uh, things like that, you know. 
new fuel filters, make sure your filter's fine, stuff like that. Now, Firestone Complete Auto Care offers free vehicle courtesy checks year-round. So I guess check that out. This is in their press release. I've never used their service, so I'm not endorsing it. I'm just going by what their press release says. So check it out. Of course, keep in mind, if you use a service like that, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna want to sell you something. So just, you know, keep that in mind. Now, here's one I, I, I was a little surprised by. Lighten the load. Number four, drivers should be aware of unnecessary items in their vehicle. According to the Department of Energy, every 100 pounds added to a vehicle can cost drivers an additional three cents per gallon. Now, I'm not surprised by the weight. I was just surprised by the 100 pounds per three cents per gallon uh, statistic. That really kind of surprised me. Um, I didn't think it would actually be that much, but... So basically, you know, if you're still running around with your winter chains on because you're, you know, you got you live in an area where you need those type of things, whether you're in a truck or a car, um, toss them out. You know, drop them until you need to get them back again. You know, get get rid of clean out the trunk, get all that junk out of your trunk, stuff like that. You know, th- the, you know, those are all important things. Now, number five, install fuel efficient tires. Investing in fuel-efficient tires can increase the fuel efficiency of any vehicle. Engineering for low rolling resistance. The okay, I got an issue with this one. You know they're talking about saving fuel by putting in low resistant tires. Now in a big truck, we had some trucks that had these things, and when it got rain, it started to rain. They got a little scary and they were a little slick and they were, they felt a little dangerous to me. They weren't worth it. Now, in a car, I've never driven one with low, you know, with these in a car, so I don't know. But in a big truck, at least for the ones we had, and I'm not sure what they were, I didn't like them. I thought they were kind of scary. I like to feel the road. I like to have the truck grip the road. And, you know, as for a car, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's got them on their car, if you can message me and, you know, so I can put it on the show and, you know, let people know how you, you know, if you actually are saving fuel and, if you like them, I'd, I'd appreciate it. But to me, they were, you know, in the rain, they were like slicks. You know, it didn't take much to break loose with these things. In fact, it was quite shocking. Uh, I know a couple of people that broke loose, and, it, you know, they were, like, kind of surprised by that. You know, it's just, it's just shocking. All right, here we go. The NICB, National Insurance Crime Bureau. Ooh. 4th of July warning, tips to prevent vehicle theft. All right, common sense. The most common sense approach to protections is the easiest and most effective way to thwart would-be thieves. You should always remove your keys from the ignition. That's an easy one. Lock your doors, close your windows, and park in a well-lit area. Well, if you can. The second layer of protection is a visible or audio device which alerts thieves that your vehicle is protected. You know, so... Audible alarms, steering column collars, wheel locks, things like that. Alright, immobilizing device. The third layer of protection is a device which prevents thieves from bypassing your ignition and hot wiring the vehicles. Some electronic devices have computer chips and ignition keys. Other devices inhibit the flow of electricity or fuel to the engine until a hidden switch or button is activated. Some examples are smart keys, fuse cutoffs, kill switches, starter ignition and fuel pump disablers, wireless ignition authentication. 
Now, on my uh, tea bucket, I don't have a key for that. There's no key to that thing. There's no, you know, there's no key to it. It's just a push button. So there's a kill switch hidden in there somewhere under the dash. You just have to pop and unpop it. It just cuts off the flow because all it is is an engine and, you know, and battery. There's really nothing there. So, you know, if you, uh, you know, you throw in a battery cutoff switch somewhere between, you know, inside the vehicle, nobody's, they're not going to find it, especially since you're the one who's putting it in there. So those are all things. And then, of course, the final layer of protection is a tracking device, which emits, which emits a signal to police or a monitoring station when the vehicle is stolen. So, you know, something to think about. Just basically, you know, another thing is don't leave a bunch of expensive things in the back of your car that's going to entice someone to break into your vehicle, break windows, things like that. You know, use some common sense. You know, think ahead. All right, now here's a good one. You're going to love this one. Ooh, feds say company must rehire a trucker fired for refusing in bad weather. Yeah, I just love this one. This is fantastic. The U.S. Department of Labor, Occupational Safety, and Health Administration has ordered a Kentucky trucking company to rehire a driver who they fired for refusing to drive in dangerous winter weather. So basically what it came down to is Freightwright Incorporated was ordered to reinstate this guy who they fired and to pay him $31,569 in back wages and interest, $100,000 in punitive damage, $50,000 in compensatory... I can't say the word. They had to compensate him for damages. I'm losing the word. And a reasonable attorney fees, according to a June 28th uh, news release from the Department of Labor. So he got about hundred and eighty grand, and they got to pay his lawyers. Uh, it says here, authorities say the truck driver was terminated after he refused to operate a commercial vehicle in hazardous road conditions caused by inclement weather. Now, they're not telling you in the story where he was when he refused to do this or uh, how bad the weather is. So I'm just going to assume that it was a snowstorm or something like that, but I honestly don't know. It doesn't say in the story, which would be pretty interesting. Uh, we've all had to make that choice you know, to drive in bad weather or not. And, you know, I don't know, you know, some days, you know, some days are better than others, you know. So, it should be interesting to see, you know, how it all works out. And, last but not least, or least but not last, Hertz Hawaiian Sweepstakes offers a once-in-a-lifetime Hawaiian adventure. This is just a sweepstakes. I saw the press release. There wasn't much this week because it was all 4th of July stuff here in America. So it says here, from July 1st, 2019 to August 31st, 2019, those who visit Hertz.com's backwards slash Hawaii can register their email for a chance to win an unforgettable week-long trip to the world's number one travel destination, Maui. Vacation includes round trip, first class airfare to four to Maui, seven day, six night stay at the five star resort, credit towards Hawaiian excursions, 20,000 in spending money, and a luxury car, luxury car, luxury, luxury car rental from Hertz. Additional entries can be earned by renting with Hertz and signing up for the Hertz Gold Plus rewards. Well, I gotta tell you, you know. 
there's no purchase necessary check it out i'm gonna put the a link to this in the show notes i think that would be pretty cool if anybody wins this call me i'll go with you well if if my wife says it's okay i'll go <laughs> but it seems like it would be pretty interesting so anyway that's all i got not too much this week uh fourth of july i gotta leave out tonight uh on the uh, 6th of uh, july 2019 i gotta go to portland uh, so I'll be hitting a little holiday traffic, so be careful out there. Watch out for, you know, people. They're not used to being on the road. They're tired. You know, they're not on the interstate 24 hours a day like a lot of us are, and they're just not used to the etiquette of the road. So drivers, be out there. Be careful of that and just watch out for it. So not much else going on. I had Southpaw earlier. We were having some technical difficulties. Apparently, I could hear him, or he could hear me, but I couldn't hear him, and every time we connected up, we connected up just fine for a couple of minutes, and then I would lose him again, and I kept losing his uh, his signal, so I don't know what was going on. So hopefully we'll get Southpaw back on next week, because, well, I think the news sounds a lot better when I get a little commentary from him, but it's certainly a lot more fun. So anyway, that's all we got this week, and... Uh, I'll update you as the week goes along if I see anything on the way to Portland and back. So hopefully we'll get back as quick as possible. And hopefully, who knows how the freight will be. You know, with the 4th of July weekend, I get out to Portland, I may end up getting stuck out there. Who knows? So anyway, I'll talk to you later. I hope all is well. And uh, drive safe. <laughs>